Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. <laughs> I'm here tonight with three members of my firefighting family. Three? There's only two. You got a buddy in your pocket? Is that, what is that, that, that cup <laughs> over there? That Tim Hortons cup? Or... <laughs> okay, so I have two, but there's three of us in total. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you got to give me some, some like grace period here. Like, I'm injured, I'm on pain meds. All right. All right. <laughs> I've got Ash. Hello. And I've got Scott. Hey. And there's me. That makes it through. <laughs> and a medium double-double. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyways, That's what it used to be. <laughs> thanks for, for uh, listening to us here. Um, some news. Um, sounds like there's a pretty horrific uh, explosion out in Ottawa. Uh, yeah. Which one wants to take that? Sorry. I... <laughs> yeah, there was... Um, I think they just made a press release, too, where we were watching there, and Sounds like there was um, still a couple of people missing and one confirmed deceased. Yeah, I think the one confirmed deceased, um, he went to hospital in critical condition. Oh, okay, then died and then, in uh, hospital. And then died in hospital. Um, and they, they, so far they've found uh, well, the one person and then uh, four sets of human remains. Wow, yeah. But they can't um, remove the human remains until the building is stabilized, mm-hmm. from what it says here. So was this, this was a, I didn't actually see the news article. Was it a, a building or what was it that actually it's exploded? A, uh, tanker truck manufacturer that exploded in Ottawa mm-hmm. on Thursday. Mm. So, I mean, there's, there's, in the picture there's tanks, like big, like fuel tank things. Yeah. But I don't know what, I guess a building is there? A building exploded and then caught on fire. Wow. Yeah. And was this just uh, workers, or was there any emergency responders that were injured? I think these are just the workers. I believe it's just it's just workers. Yeah. Um, uh, it caused oh sorry here it is uh, the fire that followed it caused the roof of the factory to collapse and completely destroy the part of the building. So I guess the explosion happened probably um, uh, killed the four people, and then right. uh, and then the, of course with the fire we and we know the roof. On those factories, it, it collapsed on them, and now it's they're just trying to stabilize. Right. And right now, um, I think all of Ontario is under a snowfall warning for the next few days. Right. Because oh, they're right. shutting down schools. It's like 30 mm-hmm. to 40 centimeters or 30 so to 60 or something. So it's on top of everything. On top yeah. of a already um, yeah. destabilized structure. That's right. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure when this release was put out. Uh, it was today. Um it said five people remain unaccounted for, four men, one woman, uh, believed to have been in the building when the explosion took place. Their identities have not been released yet. Um, however, no one has been recovered at this point. Uh, human remains of four persons have been located at the scene, so they they know they're in there, but because <clears throat> of the, um, the issues with stability, mm-hmm. um, it says there's multiple layers uh, that they're going to have to pick through and uh, remove yeah. uh, before they can get get to them. Um, it goes on to say about how uh, on some of them, sadly, they, might, they may have to use some DNA testing to identify. Not much left. Yeah. yeah. So, And that gets hard. It's hard for closure for families, right? Like when there's mm-hmm. that much structural um, uh, collapse and issues, it's, it's very hard to safely remove the rubble to gain mm-hmm. these, um, to get to the bodies for extrication. Yeah. And even at this point, uh, says we are much too early to say what caused the explosion. Uh, so obviously something inside the building. There's there's a lot of uh, um, explosive materials in there, uh, flammable materials, um, but they don't have anything to pinpoint what caused it. Mm. Wow. Um, but it is a working facility, so 
um, something in there. Uh, according to release, investigators are also concerned about the risk of uh, periodic flare-ups, mm. the presence of asbestos <clears throat> chemicals, and potential further structural collapse. Yeah. So, yeah, sounds like it's going to be a bit of a pretty dynamic a process uh, over the next coming days here. Yeah, snowfall's not going to help help that either. No. Then depending on how reactive stuff is and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. What are those chemicals and such, right? Wow. Well. Definitely thoughts are with uh, all the responders and the families that are affected mm-hmm. by that. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, so moving on into uh, some training. So last week, um, I'll touch base real quick. We did some more ice rescue training. Uh, a couple of your members came down as well and observed, and one uh, Matt uh, took part in it as well. <laughs> yeah, they sent me a picture. I'm like, oh, of course he did. <laughs> he's all happy. He's in, he's in the suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did, uh, we've got the ice commander suit. So, um, they geared up and we just did some, um, self rescue, uh, skills. And then our base, our go to what we, we use anyway. So we've got, uh, our floating rope. You tie off to the rescuer and then it's connected to a pool noodle and a, um, carabiner. So enter the water. We, we discussed, uh, you know how you read the how you read the ice and stuff, and and you don't want to collapse the ice where you're gonna be dragging the, the patient out. So you always enter from the side or the or from behind, and then enter the water, uh, secure the patient with the noodle, and then it cinches up, and then you take up slack, and then you both get pulled out. And uh, how far offshore were you guys that night? That one was actually quite short. I think we were only maybe 30 feet offshore, oh. but it was, mm-hmm. there's a drop off there, so it was quite right. deep. So. You know, like the right. park, like where the fireworks. Are going? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah, so it worked out well. Um, yeah, pretty shallow for the first, whatever, 10, 15 feet. Or, then it drops off. Or more, and then you get yeah, a bit of a drop yeah, there, yeah. I'm yeah. scooped over there before. Pretty like, substantial. <laughs> yeah, it's a good drop there. Yeah, so we did those skills, uh, ran everybody through the evolutions of that, uh, then the single rescuer, and then the other guys on the haul line. Um, and then we simulated, like, a, a mid-ice rescue, where you have to go way out, so you can't do shoreline-based rescues. Mm-hmm. Um, so the team in our bag, we have our ice anchors as well and a pulley, pulley system. Uh, so they had to go out and, um, anchor it in. Um, the one rescuer went out, secured the patient to the noodle while the other team, uh, placed the ice anchors and then made a quick, uh, three to one, um, uh, Zedric system and, uh, yanked them out that way. Uh, what we were using for that is we have these little pressics, uh, you put on it for as well. It's the same as any other rope system. The downside to that is when you're in those ice commander suits, you don't have a lot of dexterity. Because the, the gloves on those don't come off. No. <clears throat> and they're, they're bulky, they're big. It's very mm-hmm. hard to do. Um, so what we ended up doing, actually, when your guys uh, mentioned it, was just to tie a butterfly uh, in the rope and just use that as, as our anchor point for the, um, for the pulley. Right. So it worked out quite well. Um, the trick with that, of course, is being very aware of your length of rope, how much pull you need to bring them out to a safe, um, uh, ice surface, right? To, mm-hmm. you don't, so you're not doing any resetting, right? Right. So, yeah, so we did that, uh, worked like a hot dam. Um, everybody went through those evolutions and then, um, your guys, they've got, you got your short writ ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, they use that, tied it off the evolution for like a, a little sled as well, stuck in the ice or in the hole rather. And then um, put the patient on that and pull them out that way. Yeah, it was good. It was a good practice. Mm-hmm. How thick is the ice right now? Well, not me. Not that right now. was, <clears throat> I think that was still a good eight inches or so. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Very slushy on top now. Uh, so yeah. we're getting that broken, yeah. Yeah, broken sure ice. Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it's becoming, now it's becoming the time you're probably going to get an ice rescue. 
Yeah, so it starts freezing a little bit, right? And then we get that snow ice, it's called, right? So it's got kind of that grayish, uh, multi-layered of air and, and mm-hmm. water. It's not fully fully uh, frozen. So that gets pretty fragile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we still have a good ice surface underneath. Um, but soon, with this warmer weather we're having now, yeah, it could become quite right. unstable. Right. Yeah, and then afterwards we went back to our hall and then we used our um, our, our RDC, our um, little banana boat, I'd call it. Uh, so the rapid deployment uh, device, so we used that, fill it with an air bottle, and then we uh, did some simulations with that just in the hall. And then we're hoping now with uh, ice getting weaker, we'll actually be able to get out and run it through some, uh, some kind of shitty ice if you will or maybe some open water and run the guys through those skills mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. yeah it worked out well um how about you guys so you guys lit up the burn buildings again and did some scenarios yeah we were um everybody keeps asking me oh, what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing for practice they always ask i'm like i'm like live fire and they're like, oh like what's the other team <laughs> doing i'm like times two <laughs> so then they're all stoked because then everybody gets to go to live fire so we yeah we, we lit up both uh both the buildings um my, uh, where I was, I guess what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. um, yeah. So I was on the original burn building, the upper um, one, which is a two-story one. That's right. Um, and then I was thinking, like, I didn't want to teach a new skill, but I also didn't want to just rehash old stuff we always <laughs> do. So um, my thought was, uh, what was I calling oddball, oddball fire attack? So they're like, what? I was like, well, I said, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I said, uh, no one's allowed to make entry on the ground floor through a door. You have to make, uh, for whatever reason, you know, collapse, whatever. You got to make, uh, you either got to make entry through a window uh, or you can make entry on the upper door. Right. And you can't make entry on the upper window. <laughs> so it's kind of like, that's why I call it all, like it's a reversey. Like kind of yeah. like, so, because um, on our burn building, we have the upper floor, but we also have built a kind of a big deck out of wood. So that's right. Um, um, so I told him you can't use the exterior stairwell. You have to put a roof ladder up and access it as though, as though we're getting to a second story on like an apartment or something to right. so get on the deck. Um, so what we did is we lit the burn building, the hot the hot room, as we call it. So we got the rollover room and then uh, the lower part of the lower rollover room. So we actually lit two fires. Um, what it was, the um, the engine... Like it was This wasn't a scenario. It was, this is like, a, like one of our... It's like a skill-based scenario, basically. So we... Mm-hmm. We talk it through first, and then we take it kind of slow, but it's still kind of scenario-ish because there's patience inside, and we're trying to be speedy about it, but we're also going through the skills. And if yeah, someone's still screw- teaching, yeah. yeah, and if someone yeah. like like, because I'm in there with them, and if if they do something wrong, I'll be like, oh, well, like, where do you? Maybe we should try this, and you know, like the angel on the shoulder thing. So, um, yeah, the truck parked. Um, two lines were deployed. Um, one line went over to the the VIS side, so it was still a VIS um, type search. And then the other line went over to the fire side of the building <clears throat> and they did a, so that was like, so basically it was two teams. So two teams of three and then the, and the officer was nice. in charge. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, the one team, the first guy, they did a exterior water application. So hit it hard from the yard, you know, 30 seconds. And then while that was happening, the, the VIS team, um, started making entry on the, on the, on the side and the other side of the building on the non, non-fire side of the building. So they went in, um, so the deal was they had to go in, they checked the hallway, that's where the fire was, so they could see the fire down the, down the hallway. Found the seat of the fire, yeah. Yeah, so they found the seat of the fire, they, they did their sweep in the hallway, make sure there were no patients, they crawled back out, closed the door, 
and then um, did a search and we had the biggest patients. So we have like three dummy sizes. We have uh, we have like a child size, which is like 50 pounds. Yeah, about, about maybe, that. Maybe 50 yeah. pounds. Then we have like kind of a adolescent size, which I think is like 120. Yeah. And then we have the big one, which is one, I want to say it's 170. I might be wrong. 160. It's pretty heavy. It's still dead yeah. weight. So it's dead yeah, weight. Yeah, I want to say the one's like one, one, eh, yeah. 125, 145. And then the other one's, yeah, maybe yeah. 170. And it's not a rescue Randy. It's, um, it's those like, fabric ones, right? They're yeah, soft. and they got the pea gravel. Yeah. Mm. So they, they, they do flop more like a, they, they're a little bit more mm. like a, like an unconscious person. And they are nice to grab because the Rescue Randy ones have all those pinch oh, yeah, points. Yeah, you always get pinched by those yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so when they went in, they find the, the patient and then the rule, like the, the, the thing we tell our guys is if you find the patient in the, and you're in this room that you've now um, isolated and it's stable, floor is good, everything's good, fire is, you know, where the fire is, um, you can call for help because what's the point of being in there for 10 minutes exhausting yourself trying to pull this patient to the by window yourself, yeah. by yourself because mm-hmm. now we have to get him up out of the window while you're exhausted so we call the second person in that's at the window with the tick he hands the camera back to somebody else and then he jumps in and then they um they both hold the patient and for the first little while we didn't have the ladder like usually we put the writ ladder in to help them but they just had to do it like manually so they were like yeah. lift in and it's all awkward and even entering they were using the um halligan bar step to get in they weren't yeah. using the ladder so we were discussing that, like, hey, if you find furniture in the building, by all means, use that. Yeah. Like, use that to climb out. And if you're outside and you see, like, like I think uh, when I did VIS, like, in real time right, for that one call, mm-hmm. I think I stepped on a, I had a, there was a kid's slide I pulled over, a little kid's uh, playground slide I pulled over and I stepped on that to get in the building. So it's like, use your surroundings. You don't have to mm-hmm. use, like, fire stuff. You can find, like, a box or an old chair. And especially when you're inside, there's always furniture laying in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So guys did that, and then what we were saying is once the patient's out, um, now that that room is isolated, um, we referred to that as a hard point. So now it's our, our hard point. So it's basically our entrance now. So they shove the, they shove the hose line through, and that becomes our, our kind of a base for fire attack. So they know where the seat of the fire is, so then they check the door for heat, pushed in, attacked the fire real quick, and then hydraulically vented out of the window. Because we were doing no fan work because right. of the VIS, they couldn't really use the fan. And because it was such a coordinated effort with the other crew, because while they're doing all this, the VIS team, the second team, which was the original guys that applied exterior water, they've now went around to the uh, alpha side of the building, threw a ladder and went up on the high side. So, and they they entered through the... Um, to the top floor. Mm, nice. Yeah. And then the rule with them, there was no fire up there, but we were still saying, hey, we want you guys to flow water. So they were actually flowing like pretty heavy water, like, you know, um, doing uh, wall, ceiling wall, um, doing a little bit of hydraulic venting out the top window, um, pushing down the stairwell. So doing the whole, um, our, our whole method of stairwell attack. Um, there was a patient in there. So that was where the child patient was. So they would find that um, and then extricate and then come down the ladder. So we're trying to get hit like we were hitting VIS, we're hitting basic fire attack, we're hitting hydraulic vent, we're hitting uh, patient extrication off a ladder, um, throwing ladders. So it was like, I want to say like 10 different skills were done that night. Nice. And then of course communication. So I was inside and then uh, our deputy chief was outside and he was command. So he was calling when teams were doing stuff and then I would just relay, yeah, copy that because I was inside. So yeah, it was really good. Um, It was was interesting because we have... uh, when I counted, like, because I, um, 
some there's ways I select a team. Some night some nights I sit down and like well talk to the other officers like okay who do you want on your team for this night because <clears throat> we want a certain level of um, experience for around yeah. depending on what we're doing. Yeah. And then this night it's like okay and sometimes it's also based on the fact that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like oh crap okay so then I do the just like it's like duck duck goose kind of thing so, yeah. I, so I'm like one two one two so because it's two teams so I, I go around and we have these three brand new people. I mean, they're not brand new anymore. They've been two months now. Yeah. They're still our rookies. Mm-hmm. If they've done live fire once or twice now. Yeah. <clears throat> and they're, you know, they're getting there. So, I'm, I'm, but when I'm counting one, two, one, I, I skipped funny and they ended up with all three of them and one on one on my thing. Yeah. So like I had all these brand new guys, which actually worked out great because we had three teams, like three separate teams of people. So I just managed to put each rookie with a separate team. Right. So it worked out really well. So we always we always had uh, two teams doing the attack, and then one team kind of st- standing at the engine observing. They could technically be writ, but they were just there to observe. Yeah. Um, I could have had them doing something. I could have had them doing medical or. But sometimes it's better to watch people. Well, especially like you said in this one, this is, this isn't a scenario. real scenario based yeah. one. This is more because you're 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 teaching the skills, you're running through it, mm-hmm. and you're giving those teaching points as you're progressing through the scene. So yeah, that's good for them to observe and then talk through it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so we had some, uh, so every team had a new person on it. So, um, one of the, one of the newer guys, um, he comes in and, you know, he was, uh, he was a little tired from, uh, he actually had his, uh, <laughs> his COVID shot the other day. So he had a little bit of side effects and then, um, <laughs> he's working his butt off cause he's new. So he's trying to, I don't know if he's trying to impress us, but he's, you know, working his butt off and doesn't know how hard to push himself in the SCBA yet. And at one point he's like, I don't feel very good. <laughs> so I grab him and I had to put him out the side door because he wasn't, uh, he, I don't think he could have went back through the window again. <laughs> and I was, well, I'm not going to do that to him. So yeah. Put yeah. him out the side door and yeah. Um, and then a short while later, one of our senior guys who was helping tech all night, I mean, you know, he was inside the building right from the time he lit the fire. And that's hard work. Everybody thinks that it's fun to be a tech, which it is. Yeah, but tech sucks. And I said, to him, I, said I said, I don't know why you volunteered for this, man. <laughs> you're yeah. the one busting your ass in a pack, feeding yeah. the fire, staying in there while it's hot, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. And you're going outside and there's no real pallet retreat. stack. Yeah, yeah. you're going to the pallet stack to go around more pallets. Because, yeah. I mean, we stacked a bunch of pallets in there, but there's always more. So he's he's lugging pallets and they're full of ice and snow. So now they have to get inside the thing to kind of melt a bit. Yeah. And then he's got, then he's doing the dummies. <laughs> so he's oh, dragging the dummies he's back He's working the hardest. For so sure. at one point he comes by and I'm in there with him because I'm like, oh, I'll help him for a bit. And so I'm in there and he kind of is like standing right next to me and he, I can hear him kind of fumbling for something. And he's like, I, I, I gotta find the door. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're having a problem too. <laughs> so I put him outside and he's like, man, this sucks. <clears throat> <laughs> But again, you just overexertion, right? Yeah. Because that was a third, because we had three rotations. That was a third rotation. Yeah. So he was in there for, <clears throat> I want to say, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. sucking, sucking back the air. And... But that's that's also <clears throat> perfect practice for these for these training nights, too. Because now you know how much you can push yourself without yeah. that adrenaline to really give you that boost. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really and important. Find and having minutes. been there, like I've experienced that, actually, on our um, spouse appreciation a couple years ago. That, that was me. Like, we had the burn building fired up, and it was, like, day in the life of a firefighter. And it was just a cold, cold start, but we had, like, five or six teams going. It was into spring. Like, it was nicer weather. It wasn't hot, but it was warm, so there, it's not like now you go outside and it's cold. Yeah, so I was in there. I was feed, feeding the fire, feeding the fire, and you're, like, bu- busting your ass. Mm. And I was, like, kind of realized, like, oh, man, like, I'm, whew. 
I am <laughs> no longer hot, mm. <laughs> so that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just wasn't quite feeling good. So I mosey outside, and like I've got my gear stripped off, and kind of like hunched over a bit, pouring some water on me or whatever, right? And here's my spouse driving, like doing the fire truck thing. And she looks over like, oh, man, that guy's dying or whatever. <laughs> oh, shit, it's me. <laughs> well, it's fine. But yeah. if it was another couple minutes or if I tried to stack another pallet or two, I would have been right in that exact same spot. And it was very, very valuable to realize what that's like. Because once that adrenaline dumps yeah. and you no longer have that to push through, yeah. yeah, it's a bad scene. Yeah. And it's also a good reminder, like we always talk about, you know, boot water, right? You know, mm-hmm. prepping yourself, hydrating, like it's yeah. so yeah. important. Mm-hmm. And training nights, sometimes when you're in the burn building, you forget to step oh, out, forget. take yeah. the water, right? Absolutely. Because, yeah, you are... Especially when it's like winter, right? So you're like, <clears throat> I don't need to drink any water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, winter's the worst. I, I feel I probably walk around on a state of like minor de- dehydration <laughs> oh, yeah. all winter. Because, yeah, like you crush a coffee or two because it's cold and like, I'll have an extra cup cup of coffee. I mean, that's not helping you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, you drink as much water as you should, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. It, it's easy because you force yourself in the spring, <clears throat> summer, fall because it's hot. And, yeah, it's easy. I can crush, crush water because yeah. it's hot and thirsty. But yeah, wintertime's the worst. Yeah, it sneaks up on you, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, <clears throat> I always notice when I'm done with the burn building, like I don't sleep well at night because it's like, I'm, you know, like being overheated and it's yep. like, yeah, yeah, just like, I'm just like laying in bed, like, Ugh. almost <laughs> like semi hungover. It's like hard in your body, feeling, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Trying to drink water and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't sleep for shit because you're you're all jacked from having awesome yeah. practice yeah. and like you say your your body's hot and then you're mm-hmm. you know that's gonna cool cool itself down. Um, it's very hard on your body. And then of course you're fucking <clears throat> pounding the water. Mm-hmm. So I mean I'm not a spring chicken, so I'm fucking pissing every <laughs> every, every hour then right. And it's like ah oh, damn it. <laughs> but it's great. It's funny the with the newer guy we. The guy I had to take out and hand off to um, one of our captains. I think he felt bad. He's like, oh, sorry. I'm like, no, no, don't worry about it. And it's like, I just felt like I was going to throw up and didn't feel good. I said, yeah. I said, I said, see that guy? The captain that's next to him. I said, Tell, ask him about his first structure fire. Because <laughs> he was throwing, puking at the back end of the uh, tailboard of the truck. Because, <laughs> you know, adrenaline and first mm-hmm. time in the SCBA, really, yeah. like, Pushing in, he was. Ah! <laughs> he threw his mask back on, and went back in there. So he's like, "Oh, okay." So I'm like, "Don't feel bad. Everybody's been in oh, some yeah. bad state where they can't carry on." <clears throat> oh, but absolutely. that's the that's the whole genius of being the you know volunteer paid on call yeah. is you're gonna respond in like mm-hmm. in many different states, right? So have you been busting your ass all day? And now you just start a structure fire. Have you been, mm-hmm. you know, a little under the weather? Oh, hey, I think I'm doing good. Adrenaline spikes. I'm doing great. Uh, now it starts to wear off. No, I'm not doing good. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's not like you wake up for a shift for any job. I, like not, you know, even fire. Like I know what I'm going to put myself into at work the next day. And you can kind of prepare for that. But if you prepare for a hard day at work and then it's one hour to quit quitting time and a big structure fire or a big like mountain park fire, well, yeah. you're not really prepared for that. No, like, exactly. it's, it's a challenge as an on-call firefighter to always yeah. be prepared. It is huge. Like you said, like you could be whatever, like a lot of guys could be working hard or training or doing whatever 
And like we've had calls where guys are working out at the gym, mm-hmm. working their ass off, tones drop, they come running over here. Well, they're already dehydrated as hell, and they're exhausted because they've been yeah. working out. Yeah. And now you're doing a real workout for hours mm-hmm. and hours and hours, yeah. and you tend to forget how important that is. Absolutely. That's back of the buddy system, how so important to keep an eye on each other. Right? Very, very important yeah. to be aware. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But overall, yeah, it went off really well. Guys were. It was kind of little, like little bits of uh, um, training, like all night. It was just <clears throat> different things, like even the hydraulic ventilation. Um, some of the newer guys hadn't seen the, and some of the, even the senior guys ha- forgot about the, um, our gun sight thing where you, you know, when they're trying to find the window and I mean that night it wasn't too smoky. So they, most guys can find the window right away, right. but it's like, you know, if you can't find the window, you, your partner puts the tick over your shoulder and uses it as your gun sight. Mm-hmm. So yeah. some guys thought that was, found that valuable and they thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's goes back to what we've talked about in the past is that, you know, your nozzle man, that's just your job. Hold, hold the nozzle, fight the fire, fight the fire. Yeah. Right. So that backup. <clears throat> You know, he's packing the tick or the team leader, whoever he is, comes in and then that can be his role. He can help you out. If you're not, and, you know, you, we're always listening if you're hitting the wall or whatever until yeah. you hear that, that change, right? Mm-hmm. And you're venting out that window. But if you don't get it, mm-hmm. you hold well, that. Well, that's easy on a um, t- tin build or a, tin, yes. uh, a steel yeah. building. It's mm-hmm. yeah. not that easy when you're <laughs> when you're hitting drywall and <laughs> trying to find the window, like in a real fire. I mean, oh, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. you're trying to find it and, yeah. And fans running and radios are going off and yep. yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah, no, good. It sounds like a really good practice. It's a lot of different evolutions, uh, a lot of key little skills that you guys touched on. Yeah. Um, and also, I like how you said like, you know, like this isn't your typical fire. We're not going in, you know, your, um, you know, your level entry door and maybe yeah. pushing that way. Like, whatever the scenario may be, we can't gain access, so we need to find a new access point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was nothing, like I told the guys, I'm like, I'm not teaching, this is nothing new to you guys. Like, you guys yeah. have seen all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just a different angle now. Like, just, we just basically flop the scenario yeah. and flop the situation. So, that kind of pretty simple like that. So, yeah. Sweet. That's good. And did you guys have, so you, you only had the two teams yep. right on each side. Did you, do you rotate those teams or was that? Yeah, what? so what would happen, like, uh, the VIS, the VIS, VIS team went, uh, they did their thing, and then uh, the attack team went and did their thing. Yeah. And then the VIS team rotated, so they become the observers. Yeah. The attack team became, like, the second second level attack team became the VIS team, and then the guys that were Good. observing popped in. So it was, like, a three, so three yeah. cycles we were done. Yeah, so that's good, because everybody has a chance of doing it and seeing how the other teams do it. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. can kind of pick it apart a little bit, pick on each other, find yeah. out what works, what didn't work so well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. And that was... Um, just your big burn building so far, yeah. your main one, yeah. Yeah. And you guys doing the same evolutions next one or yep. different? Yeah, we'll do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it was good. And then we had the second building going uh, with my team. I had uh, Rob was there with with me helping. Um, so we've got our like main quote building that Scott was using. Uh, we have our new which is not new anymore <laughs> uh building down below um and uh so our night started off with a, a little bit of a challenge so we got there truck parks we got some scene, scene lighting up and um we're kind of doing the old tailboard talk before same 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 sort of deal like hey this is what we're looking for setting up the scenario but we're gonna make it a scenario based learning exercise kind of so 
our idea was on the backside of the fire in New York, um, we're like, hey, like this is a room and contents semi-fire. Like it's not a large amount of fire, but we still have a large amount of building that we have to search and deal with. So we wanted to sit on, or we, we wanted to hit on a couple different search, uh, like search techniques. Um, so we've done in the past where a team will go in and you have a nozzleman and then two people behind them. And that nozzleman is the anchor that stays in the hallway. And then if you have a room to your right, um, one of the searchers will go in, you know, you can, uh, run a, a quick thermal camera at the door, do a, a quick search. If you don't see anything, or if you do great, now you have a direction to travel. Um, but one searcher will search that entire room and then pop back out to the hose line. If there's a room on your left or directly next to it, the next searcher will go in and you can bang off multiple rooms rather quickly. So we started to explain that and one of our members had some questions and challenges to it saying like, I don't, you know, I don't quite see the benefit of it. And again, saying like, we have our burn buildings. This is what we have to train in. And yes, it is set up more of like a house. And would that technique work in a house with smaller rooms? Yeah, I don't know if that's the te technique that we'd be, you know, calling on every time. Maybe it is, um, but the skill set that we can hone in on is still there. Mm. So I'm like, okay, let's take take away this like home structure that we have here, and let's go to the hotel. Yeah. So you have a long run of a hallway. He says, so where's where's the fire? I'm like, the fire is like two floors away from us. So there's no active fire close to us, but there is active fire. So we still have. A fire suppression team. Okay, so this is going to be these three. Doorman, nozzleman, backup. Okay, so that's you guys. Okay, now we, we still have to have a search team. So we have to make sure that all of the patients are out, right? So I took Rob as like my interior officer. I'm like, Rob, I want you to look after everything that happens on the inside of the building. So you can command the uh, fire, fire suppression team, but they don't really need a lot of assistance, but you just get them orientated to what you want them to do, be it uh, steam steam kill, um, if all they do is isolate the door. Um, so they, they can go there, they can do a quick attack and then isolate the door, or if you want them to attack the fire and then hydraulic vent, um, you guys can make that call based on what fire you guys see done and then now let's 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 go look at search um so rob looked after that um so we had that room or that building was rocking and we had the medium dummy so a little bit easier to maneuver because again like the rescue side of it for the first few rotations was i don't want to say secondary but like you still want to work on um you know patient care patient extrication from a building uh right. all of that's still really you know like really really important but we wanted to introduce this um anchor point search or whatever we're we're calling it now um where that that one person stays in the center and generally the person on the nozzle doesn't leave the nozzle however on these searches we talked about the benefit if, if there is only three of you I mean, it's the easy job for the guy to sit on the nozzle while you got these other guys that are in and out, in and out. Like, this is a situation where you can rotate. So if one searcher is finished, they can bump up and be the nozzleman for the next 
anchor, and then the person that was just rested can bump into the next, right? Um, and that was work, working out well, but the way that that building is designed, you, you kind of get into some pinch points where if you push deep, deep enough, a team of three has a real difficult time getting around to the end of the building without having somebody bump up. So again, they call call back to the door, door, door control person, or they'll call back to Rob if he's with them and ask for some extra help. So then we have some, somebody ready to bump, to bump in, and we add another two people on the outside once that patient is out just to help hand off the patient. Because again, once you get to the outside of the building, now there's going to be some extra work to be done. And you don't want to have the guys that are like dog shit tired from just doing the rescue to get that uh, patient out to uh, safety and then deal with whatever is going to come. So the first couple of rotations, we use the, the uh, dummy. On the last rotation, we actually use Grant and say, Grant, like you're going to be a patient. So now you're not dragging a dummy out. You're actually dragging a human. Yeah. And he was in full PPE. Um, so we said, okay, we're going to treat him like he's not an SCBA on the inside. So, like, we have to have some urgency to get him out of here. Um, I want to have you guys communicate what you find, uh, level of con- uh, his LOC, um, what kind of rescue you're looking for. Um, we're going to, co- you know, coordinate that with the uh, fire attack team because, you know, we don't want them actively fighting a fire and having all this steam and stuff coming out while an extrication is happening out of the same door, which is really, really close. So... Got, got that all coordinated, and then again, once they came out, now we said, okay, break, stop, we're going to change over to, now this is a firefighter, let's sharpen some skills on getting him out of his gear and dealing with the issue. So right. he wasn't breathing, and he had no heartbeat. So um, basically, we didn't have any of our FR gear with us. It was just, let's uh, get him stripped on his chest. As soon as we got him stripped and guys were, you know, doing Start everything. The hands on the CPR, stop. yeah. yeah. So that was the practice that we ran there. Um, I think it was really, like, really, really good um, because we had, um, there was a lot of questions. And like Earl is one of the guys, like he's been here forever. And, you know, I, I don't want to try to sell him on things in the middle of practice, but it is also good to have, hey, like, I don't see this. Okay, so let's swing this to maybe where you can see it and at the end of the day he's like i don't want to slow down practice because i don't see it and he's really good about that he's like i don't think i don't want to be the guy that sits here and talks for 25 minutes and i, I still don't buy it but because he <laughs> he's been here so long he's seen that before <laughs> yes he's like i i have done that and people have done that and we'll talk talk in circles and grant was was really good he's like i see what i see what you're saying i see the value of what we're trying to practice here. So imagine this and imagine this. And he just kind of swung in a different way. And I was like, okay, so how about this? And then he pitches an idea back. And I'm like, yeah, so if we combine what everybody's saying here, imagine this. And that's where we said, okay, if you're looking at, like, the green apartments or if you're looking at um, Casa Rio or whatever, like, those ones there. He said, so if it's, like, fully blacked out, like, you can't see anything, are you still going to use this? I'm like, you can. If you, just because you can't see doesn't mean that this this search won't work, but why can't you see? If you're that close to the fire, are you sending one person into a room alone? I'm like, nah, you know, you're going to have to address what the conditions are. Absolutely. But he says, well, then if you're that far away, why do you have a hose line? I'm like, 
okay, we're kind of starting to what if these things too. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I know we were looking at the hotel and the and the apartment buildings, mm-hmm. um, but we could break it down into into a house, into what mm-hmm. we call a BC box. Yeah. So you go up the split level. Yep. And there's there's bigger BC boxes and smaller ones. So when I the one I bought when I first bought a house it was a longer one, so it had. Uh, what was it three bedrooms and a bathroom in the back? Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty long hallway. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So um, looking at that search, um, which is I think it's like the anchored orientated search, and right. <laughs> but basically, it's a reverse VIS. Like it's inside VIS essentially. If yeah. you if you think of it that way, it's like oh, it's actually you're using this, the hallway. Yeah, the hallway is your, your window. Is your, yeah, the hallway <laughs> is your outside. Like mm-hmm. the hallway is your safe zone. Yeah. And then uh, you push into the door, and then you do your room search just like you would, but you don't yep. go, you don't come in through the window, you come into the door. You know, when you first open the door, you take a uh, the usually like if it's a if it's going to be an attack like that, usually there's an officer on there too. So usually the officer, we found the officer holding the ter- thermal camera is the best because he pokes it in real quick, does a quick scan with the thermal camera, and he sends the searching firefighter in. If it's a huge room, I think we did the with the that elementary school that one. Yep. We sent two in, so they went in and they split and they went around. But like a one bedroom mm-hmm. or like a one one room, like the standard one room, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a VIS. So you send the guy in, officer can look, watches the guy starting to search. He can watch it all the time if you know if you're limited manpower, because that's a true VIS. You're watching mm-hmm. what you got to do his work. But you can also send the guy across the hallway and and he and yeah. scan the hallway as as another if you have enough manpower. The other guy goes. And then the guy in the hallway, the guy on the nozzle, he's holding the he's holding the hallway. He's holding the security in the hallway to make sure. Yeah, he's watching the, the smokes, watching yeah. the fire behavior, if there is any. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's reading the, everything. Yeah. And I, you know, from being into enough structure fires, it's like, if, you know, if four, if four rooms are on fire, well, you're probably not going in there. Cause no. That means, like, the, half the building's on fire. Yeah. That wouldn't be the time to, let's not search these rooms. Yeah. Um, you know, typically, if it's like if the backside of the structure is on fire, like say the far bedroom's on fire, mm-hmm. well, the bathroom and the other two rooms are probably not going to be involved at all. Yeah. Um, so you're literally like going in. So maybe the hallway is pitch black, but you open the one door, and it's like mm-hmm. there's no smoke in there at all. Mm-hmm. Well, you close the door, isolate the room, do your search, come back out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's basically your. It's like I said, reverse BIS. Mm-hmm. If the hall, if the room is full of smoke because the door was open, well, as soon as you close the room, you may have to go over and you know open a window or, or just suck it up and just deal with the, the blackness of the search, mm-hmm. um, depending on your flow path and you know you don't want to be screwing with the flow path. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, even one of the things back to our practice side, um, one of the I think it was the third rotation, we actually put the we put the dummy in the fire like hallway, so. When the guys did their when the guys did their initial like poke their head out in the hallway, well that's where the that's where the patient was. So they're like crap. So the one guy called for help. So they come through the door and they pulled the they pulled the dummy out. Well, as soon as they pulled the dummy out, they actually started trying to because by that time we had given them the writ ladder. So they started shoving the writ ladder through. Well, they're half because they, they're way the building is. They have the door partially open, so the smoke's pumping in on top of them. Right, the heat's coming. They're kind of shoved in the doorway, trying to get this patient onto this ladder, two of them, and the door's still open. So I'm kind of sitting there. And actually, one of our newer guys, because there's a newer guy and a senior guy, and one of our brand, or not not brand new, uh, he's about a year, uh, just about a year that he's been on. He goes, 
hey, should we close this door so this so we can uh, isolate the room? I'm like, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, yes, we should. <laughs> so they oh, oh, so they pulled the dummy right into the room, then closed the door. I'm like, there now you have all the time in the world to work. So they did. Yeah, and so, that's and that's key, right? Like a lot of people tend to forget. Like we focus a lot on searches and rescues, which is key, but also if we don't improve conditions by putting that fire out and ventilating that smoke out, yeah, those, you're going to rescue, those, not, you're yeah, gonna rescue we're not rescuing anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a corpse. It's a recovery. A recovery. Yeah. yeah. So that's why, like, you know, there's there's many trains of thought where, you know, you're pushing in and you may need to, you may see a victim there or you may need to do another search, um, but if the fire is right there, you got to hit that fire and improve those conditions. Yeah. Because it's just going to get worse and it's going to be even harder. Because we know it takes a little bit to get that person out still. Mm-hmm. So right. we got to hit that fire and well, move on. Well, the thought is also on that search, like on that orientation, that one you were just you were doing mm-hmm. in your practice. Um, you know, say you went in and inside the first bedroom and you found the patient. Okay. Well, you've isolated the room. Yeah. So now you poke your. Now what do you do? Okay. You found the you found the one patient in the house. Shit. Okay. So you poke your head back out. Hey, I found a patient. Okay, well, the guy searching the other side of the bedroom, he can now slide over and help you. Yeah. You both close that door, isolate that room, and now you start, because every, you know, fire code and is, the bedroom has to have a window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, rather than going back in the hallway that's full of smoke, you now you pop the window, and the and the guy in the hose line just holds the, holds the hallway. So whether, you know, suddenly you make a flow path, which you shouldn't because you've isolated the room. There should be you no flow path. Yeah, yeah. So and that's, now you extricate out the window. Yeah, and that's key, right? Like, if you, if you are five feet or 10 feet away from the door where you made entry. Yeah. That's the quickest, easiest shot out that way. Yeah. But again, like you said, if you've isolated that room now by radio and command, Hey, found the patient on, you know, first floor, um, Bravo side or bringing them out the Bravo side window. Mm-hmm. Perfect. We'll have a team yeah. over by that window. Out you yeah. go. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because even if like, even if it's like 10 feet away from the door, you know, we know like you start dragging them on the hallway in the middle, <laughs> middle of yeah. heavy smoke. Well, Something's inevitably going to happen. You're going to get stuck. You're gonna, someone's going to, you know, you're not going to be able to get them down the stairs. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. you're just dragging them through the worst smoke. And, yeah, and it all depends on, on their condition Yeah. too, right? Like if, who, well, we can what if this all day, but could, like yeah. if, they're, <laughs> if, if they're unconscious in that room because of some smoke in, inhalation, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's the move just to drag them out back through yeah. that for a moment. Yeah. Or maybe it's <clears throat> go out through that window. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows? It, but if somebody is still conscious and breathing, and I would probably wait a moment, breach that window, take them out yeah, there. Yeah, make rather a plan than, to avoid. Yeah, yeah. the conscious breathing out, open yeah. the window, stick your head out the we're window, get decent, some fresh we're air. A, we're in a decent, <laughs> isolated environment now yeah. with minimal yeah. smoke. Yeah. Well, here, let me open this door and bring you into hell for a moment. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. really, once we're out. there, like if you think about it, once we're there on a house fire, knocking the fire down actually only takes us a few minutes. Usually, yeah. yeah. So, really, if you can just hold that room with that person, and like I said, like kind of jokingly, but I'm actually serious, open the window and shove their head out the window, get them mm-hmm. some fresh air while while the uh, attack team actions the fire, knocks it down, improves conditions, yeah. while the other guys maybe bring the ladder on the other side, or maybe you're limited. Well, this fire's getting knocked down, the guy's breathing. Okay, once that, okay, we're all clear, the fire's knocked down, smoke's starting to clear. You can go back out that hallway now because yeah. maybe the smoke's lifted a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, I mean, and that's why we train the way we do. We don't train, so it's like you have to do this every time. We, yeah. we are very open, like, yeah, this, want, this doesn't work, do that. We want the guys to think about what, why they're doing it. I was just mm-hmm. going to say that, that exact statement is you want the guys to think why you're making these decisions. That's right. And, and be educated and have that, that mindset and experience to make that judgment call on which way they're going to go. It takes yeah. us back to, we practiced, 
everything had heavy heat. So you got to be low, low, low knees, and you're, yeah. you know, everybody's you know, fucking crawling in. And then we start watching some practices, and immediately everybody was dropping to their knees. I'm like, yeah. well, no, that's not always the case. If yeah. you don't have like heavy heat and heavy what's smoke, what's your showing, environment? Yeah, what's your environment? So, you know, switch it up. Let let guys think, and that was, I mean, one of the big things guys said to Rob. I was like, like you can kind of dictate what happens on the inside. Mm -hmm. So like, don't make it the same every time, you know, come up with a different plan. Like, so he didn't know where, where the patient was going to be. So, um, when I had the search team do their surge, when we cycled back out, I'm like, Hey, you, so one person go put the dummy in there. And now you're on fire suppression. So the next team with still Rob as the officer didn't know where it was going to be and didn't know what kind of a city, you know, like, is it going to be, um, like way at the end of the building where, you know, there's a good window where they, they can go out. Is it going to be coming back, back through? Like, like what is the plan? They have to think about that. And it sounds like kind of the same, same thing is there's some, some guys would, would push in, uh, they found the patient and, the one guy started a package and somebody else piped up and was like, Hey, like, let's just do a quick and dirty drag. Cause we're really close to the window. Let's just drag him to the window and let's use that rather than trying to do a big, heavy package and back out the way that we came. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah. I heard him crash, 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 crash. I kind of look, look over. And then at that time, Rob's like, yeah, we're, we're uh, coming out the alpha window. Perfect. So we got a team, yeah. team over there and they passed, passed out the patient. Uh, when Grant was the patient, he was pretty close to the front door. Um, and that was the, that was the call that they made. They're like, yeah, I get that we're in a bad spot, but they literally put a rescue strap around, um, and made like a quick drag device around, uh, his shoulders and drug him straight out. And just that, that little small amount of pulling him out, uh, there was two of them that were doing the work by the time that they got out and they were still like the edge of the warm zone. Like they were right there. Like they, they were just out of the hot, hot zone, right into the warm. And like, like they were done. And I'm like, okay. So we had a couple, couple extra guys. I'm like, that was really good to see. Like just from getting him out that 20 foot drag, because it's now a real person, not mm -hmm. some fucking sack of sand. Yeah. So it takes a lot more energy. And like Grant's probably lighter <laughs> than the dummy like Grant's, Boy, yeah. yeah right like he's or, or very very similar so a real person same weight or less or like right around the same it adds that that kind of realism again uh and it was really really good um and back to what i was going to start with so we're doing our quick bumper chat and we're getting the teams ready to rock and then i send kevin up on the pump deck and he goes to idle up the pump and the truck dies down and he's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Idles up the pump again. As soon as there's any pressure, dies, just dies. So after looking after practice, there's a control module that shit the bed. But our second pumper stopped pumping. <laughs> so we got this, you know, scenario in practice ready to rock. So we're like, oh, bring our, our uh, water tender over. Um, it's got a Y coming off the back. So we ran a couple lines off of it and ran our practice off of our tender, which worked out great. But I was like, oh shit, trucks are breaking. Everything's going for shit. Luckily it was something semi easy to fix. It's yeah. not fixed yet, but, uh, we're hopefully going to be back, back in service this, this, this uh, coming week or else we'll have to use the same 
same uh, tender. Um, tender. Which the tender has yeah. enough juice to. Yeah, fight for oh, yeah a couple of holes yeah. on, you can do a lot with it, right? The uh, just I just want to go back and touch mm-hmm. on uh, what you mentioned for dragging people out, um, and it's one thing. I think everybody's getting better at now, but for the longest time, when we find a, a dummy or, or a firefighter down, mm-hmm. we drag him outside that, that doorway, and then we drop and hand him off. Yeah. Right at the doorway where mm-hmm. everything's going on. So it's super important to continue to drag them well away into, into yeah. a free zone where we can safely work. Because yeah. if we practice that way, mm-hmm. that's what we're going to do in real life. Yeah. we got to get them clear mm-hmm. out of the area. So yeah, now it's really good. Like I believe... Rob and his team recognized that yeah. uh, because the people that were ready for handoff weren't in SCBA. Like they were ready to do medical work, yeah. not SCBA work. So they were like, they still had like their turnouts on, but they weren't about to go <clears throat> into the hot zone. Like they, yeah. so he, they like did everything they could to get out of the, the hot zone to the warm zone. So it mm. was, yeah, we can dip in there and then drag mm the last couple yeah. you know feet or whatever to get to somewhere safe that you know ehs could then come to us and aid us yeah but like our job doesn't start just as soon as the firefighters dropped on a tarp so and that was really good to see that they like pushed through and got to a safe spot to do the handoff and yeah. like it was a lot of work and it was awesome to see and very typically you know you look back and there's lots of videos news clips of this as well generally when we do a rescue and we pull somebody out, they're usually always on the front lawn. If it's mm-hmm. a house or townhouse style complex, right? Because yeah. it's usually narrow driveways, usually vehicles in the driveways. That's why there's people home. Mm-hmm. And that's the only open spot where we have. Yeah. Um, but it is still quite a ways from the door. But yeah, mm-hmm. getting that real estate, like I said, because now you're doing a resuscitation potentially. Yeah. So you're going to need a lot of real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we had some pretty, like it was, we had a lot of snow and then it got warm. So it was wet, heavy, slushy snow that we're all working in. And we've been traipsing through all of it. So um, we we weren't, quote, planning for this. Grant and I kind of had a quick chat. And he's like, hey, like, you want me to go in there to, to be a patient? I'm like, shit, yeah, that'd be great. So this is the last evolution. We can do, like, some actual work. Um, but we also didn't have anywhere outside yeah. because we weren't prepared for that. So as this is happening, hey, we have a patient, da, 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 da. I'm like perfect. So I had a couple guys that were hang, that were kind of hanging out. I'm like, hey, go grab a tarp. Let's get a tarp laid lay down so we have somewhere that we can actually work on Grant when he comes out, so he's not getting stripped down and he's yeah. gonna be laying in the snow, because yeah. we we would have a writ tarp and that would probably be the place that we could drop him. Um, we would have something there that we can start doing some work to the patient, but not having that in practice it was good to get the guys thinking hey go grab a tarp get that set up grab everything that we have here that we could use and they went and grabbed all the stuff and yeah it was good so we'll do that again next week we'll switch up the locations and uh, we'll probably end off again with a live patient with a live live patient the one thing about uh (laughs) with all the snow on top of the burn building was when it it was getting hot oh yeah I burn my neck pretty good on some hot, because <laughs> I have a bell clava on, but down. you know, like bell clava's on, but you know, the bell clava, it, it it does fine when it's uh when it's air, but when you know hot water starts pouring on your head, it's like what? <laughs> yeah, you're so, like bent over to like yeah. move move stuff. Yeah, I had my head down looking at like looking at the pallet stack. I think I was talking to I was talking to Brett actually. He was um <clears throat> he was uh, the tiger torch going like the fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to him. 
<clears throat> and then the <laughs> I'm like, ah, stupid. <laughs> burned ash. There was my neck was burned. <laughs> yeah, I walk up. I'm like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> little holes in the burn building. The moisture seeping through. Oh yeah, well, I was pouring like some spots because we have you know we have the vent hole, and That's I was right, just yeah. pouring water through like right on yeah. top of our pallet stacks. So we're trying to keep that going. It's like stupid, mm-hmm. <laughs> stupid snow. Like because a foot of snow melting off the thing. Yeah, yeah. water everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. But then after a while, of course, it was no water anymore. No water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were very, very much the same. Every, like every break where there was a, you know, can to can, uh, it was just like a waterfall coming in and it was hot. And yeah, the guys are like, we are fucking cooking. <laughs> like, good. Like, that's good to see the it's heat. It's real. It's realistic. Yeah, it, it's realism, right? Like that lower building with, you know, the fire at the same level as the rest of the building, um, you definitely get a lot of the heat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's really, really good. The first crew that went in, um, they were not quite as bad as your guys' is there, but uh, when they came out, they were they were cooked. They are like, yeah, that was hot. And like they had all of the ability to... Um, <laughs> to not make it hot. <laughs> to, to make it less, to make less hot. And uh, yeah, they, they were running the hydraulic vent, um, got a lot of that smoke and a lot of the heat put pushed out and you could tell like it was billowing out of the front door um as they're going in and get getting set up and then all of a sudden the smoke did did clear which is really good and at one point in time like i walked closer to the door just to yell down to rob and just just getting close to it i'm like nope that's hot i'm gonna yell from here <laughs> <laughs> nice. um so it's really good to see the heat you know really good for the guys to see it i think it's going to be awesome for the rookies to see um it, it is definitely it's a different level, right? different, yeah. Because they hadn't been in that building at all, so mm-hmm. that'll be a different, yeah, different animal for them, mm-hmm. different and different tactic. Yeah. So mm-hmm. good. Well, it sounded like you guys had a great practice. A lot of a uh, lot of good, um, different skill sets that were used sure. in that drill. So that's great to see that everyone's yeah. going through the evolution. So mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's uh, we'll call our quits for tonight, guys. Let's um, move on to some shout outs. How about uh, Modus there, Ash? Modus, yep. So our uh, our friends at Modus with the Snagger tool uh, claim claim to fame there, but they have a wide variety of stuff now. I uh, came up with a couple new tools. Uh, they've got their truck spanners. They just announced there. Put it all all over their social media, uh, which we have on my kitchen table. Um, Keep hearing with this mythical truck spanner. I know, yes. Yeah, son of a bitch, man. Yeah, three weeks. So they have that. <laughs> They've got their uh, battery disconnect tool. Um, it's basically a fancy double-sided op- open box box wrench, nice. um, which is also on my kitchen table. You know where there's no car battery and there's no uh, there's no fire truck on my kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also gave us some pretty sweet modus hats. My head's also not on your kitchen table. One of them was on my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they have that. Uh, they've got their uh, uh, bottle opener, <laughs> which did come in handy on my kitchen table. <laughs> um, but uh, they've got their uh, four century gear. Uh, they got their wedges, their heavy hitter. They got uh, um, uh, some soft soft entry kit. They've got their soft pouches, pocket organizer, um, big gear bags, hydrant wrenches, uh, hose straps. Um, got tons tons of skews so check out their social media uh check out ours because we got some info and some video up on that as well and if you like what you see use discount code dtff5 uh and you can get five percent off your next order awesome uh stop the bleed scott 
So the bleed three methods of hemorrhage control is track pressure, <laughs> <laughs> wound packing, and tourniquets. Um, yeah, if you want to, if you're interested in, in finding out where to take Stop the Bleed or become an instructor, uh, stopthebleed.org. And if you're interested in finding where to find stuff to Stop the Bleed, you go to Rescue Essentials. Mm-hmm. Um, is that .com? Rescue yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got bags, uh, medical gear. Um, they have training gear for Stop the Bleed. Um, basically, everything you need to Stop the Bleed. <laughs> and yeah. fix people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then uh, Tanner Olson. So country music out of uh, West Coast Canada. Still working on, on seminar, but... Hopefully, know. fingers yeah. crossed. There's still a pandemic going on. Yeah, so apparently. It might like go endemic soon, though, we hear. So. <laughs> <laughs> fingers are crossed. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be nice. Got, I like you... how we wanted to like, try to kill it originally, and now we're like, yeah, just just bring it. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's almost in the chicken pox phase right now. This Omicron, everyone's like, uh, can you just bring my kid over so he can cough on your son? We're just wanting to get it over with yeah. so it's gone. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Tanner Olson, hopefully yeah. um, seminar kicks off, and if everything's lined up, hopefully it could come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, then you have us. So check us out on the Facebook, the YouTubes, Instagram, the TikToks, and um, yeah, try and uh, give us a like, give us a comment on uh, any of our content, uh, anything to put us out in front of you guys for more. Uh, and uh, send us some messages or questions as well. Uh, we'll do our best to try and... Uh, Get back to people in a timely fashion. I know we're working on that. Well, we also do need to get some guests. We are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every week goes by. I'm like, oh, I should. Oh, it's already Sunday. <laughs> I forgot mm-hmm. to contact the guy. Or yeah, we have a few that we uh, have in mind. Well, and the thing is too, like the the guests in person are so much easier yeah. than it is, over yeah. the phone. Like it's audio yeah. changes, everything. It's a, it's a little pain yeah. in the butt. So yeah. we haven't been working as hard on that. We should be, but mm-hmm. we will try and do better. Um, yeah. So check us out. Um, any more for any more, guys? Nope. Not a... All right. Scott? Good night. Ash? Thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great night, and stay safe, and stay with you,